Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Chris Hargraves, and this is the final episode of 2018 of the Digital Marketing Mastery Series. I hope you've enjoyed the preceding 25 episodes, and I hope you will continue to enjoy the remaining episodes as we carry on into the new year when I kick things off again. But as the last episode of the year, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Firstly, a slightly longer episode, and secondly, I wanted to have a little bit of a chat about where you might be putting your attention next year. You probably know if you've been listening to me at all that I have a tendency to focus on these fundamental level issues. I can put most things into these categories, these foundations of email marketing, social media marketing, content marketing, and website strategy. So within those big umbrellas, What can you be doing in 2019 as a solo practitioner or as a firm that is going to make a more significant difference to your efforts? I've got three things I want to share with you today. There could, of course, be 300 or 3,000, but three is a nice number that I like to generally focus upon. The first one, and I think this is going to be a big one for a lot of people, is to get smarter with automation. Now, I want to be careful that you don't misinterpret that as meaning do more automation because I think that might be thoroughly the wrong approach and I think what a lot of people are trying to do is over-automate everything. Bearing in mind that at its most fundamental, as I have said many, many times and will continue to say many, many times, as professional service providers, we are in the marketing business of building relationships. And we do that in the various different ways that I've already spoken about. But we can, enamored with the possibilities of automation, sometimes do too much of it. But at the same time, some of us are barely even scraping the surface. We still do old-fashioned file opening forms rather than having someone fill out a form on an iPad that's automatically populated into our systems. We still manually create 67% of our documents that could be automated very easily at massive internal administrative cost, but also at a considerable expense of time. It's slow, it's tedious, it's unimpressive, and it's unnecessary. If you don't have your document automation systems up and running and beautifully going, you've got to get that happening. It is a colossal waste of time and money and human resources that could be doing higher value things. And if you run a service business, you must understand the concept of leverage by now. Deliver the same quality at a lower cost. This is where automation is just fantastic. If you need to have someone introduced to the litigation system, have a series of emails that you can send them at their choice saying, look, if you haven't done litigation before, we'll send you step by step what's going to happen. If you want, you can learn about it so you know what's coming up, you know what the deal is, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Okay, you might not be able to charge for it, but it is a value add. It is a value add that you can use. You can also use this for your client onboarding process, getting their fundamental information, putting it in your system, sending out your startup documentation. Are you still doing all of this by hand? And is that mostly just because you haven't actually yet explored the possibilities of automation? So get smarter with automation. There is probably more that a lot of firms could be doing than they currently are. And I'm not just talking about precedence, although those of you who work in larger firms know that no firm has, generally speaking, a 
fully developed, fully operational precedent system. There are a few who come close, but even then there are many complaints and the precedent system has a tendency to be going into the most knowledgeable person you can find and saying, hey, do you know anyone who's got this particular kind of document? Often that's the precedent system at work. So automation, what can you do with it? What should you be doing with it? How can you do more of it to free up your human beings to be doing more human being-y stuff? You've got to make smart decisions though here. Because while I could do a client intake process fully automated, and that would be okay, you do lose a little bit of relationship development opportunity there. Sometimes it is taking that information, listening to that original story, shaking the hand of someone that is in fact the process by which you can start to develop rapport and relationship. That's going to depend on your practice. And that's going to depend on your particular cost base. It's going to depend on the type of matters you take and how much revenue you get per matter and how much profit you have, whether you want to minimize the cost of that process or whether that initial rapport is particularly relevant and helpful. So look at automation. Have you considered, for example, how you might be able to use automation for your receptionist so that they know who's calling, so that they know what their files are, so that they know who's working on things, so that they know what the whip is or what the outstanding bills are or who to refer them to without having to look everything up automatically. It's not especially difficult if you have the right service providers to hook all of that information up together. But if you don't have the right service providers, you could just be bashing your head against the wall. So investigate what's possible and what you want to achieve because there is a huge amount now currently available that most law firms haven't even come close to touching in terms of automation. Do it right, be smart with it, and remember the focus is on relationship, but you can purge a lot of manual work very easily and happily with automated things. That is my number one tip for 2019. Get amongst that. Do some research over Christmas. Number two, you need to personalize your marketing efforts more. Okay, so what do I mean by this? This is connected with automation. You can't run everyone through the same email onboarding process if you have a multidisciplinary practice. It's just not going to work. If you work in taxation and personal injuries, those people don't want the same things, do they? They want different things. So you need to make sure that they are getting relevant information and relevant things that they have actually asked for as part of your systems. But it goes beyond that too. It goes to personalizing the way in which you engage with people on social media and it goes with keeping things granular. I keep talking about relationship development and the truth is that the brands that are doing best on social media are those who have that personal engagement, that personal element, that personal touch in their approach to social media use. And it goes across the board. They get personal with messaging. They get personal with emails. Sometimes you can't even tell whether their emails are automated or personal. Uh, do you, for example, have a new system to welcome new clients? What would happen, let's say you've got five partners, and each of them brings in work. What would happen is if is when you got a new client, your managing partner recorded a 10 second video or a 30 second video just saying, hey, Joseph, 
Appreciate you coming on board as a client. I know that Mary is going to look after you really well. If you ever need anything or have any concerns, be free to get in touch with me, but I'm sure that Mary will be delivering an excellent service to you and we're grateful to have you as a client. Can you imagine how powerful that would be just to have that little extra thing? Now, someone's going to say, Chris, our managing partner doesn't have time to do that. We don't even have time to go and see him most of the time. Okay, that's a decision for you to make internally. But that is personal. That is using technology for a personal touch. How could you do it? How could you do it as a brand better to get people more on board in terms of their relationship with your firm as they enter this sort of dark hole of legal services that most people don't generally want to be consuming in the first place? What could you do to improve that process personalized, face-to-face, or at least person-to-person interaction to make people feel like you are absolutely the right firm for them. I'll give you another example. What happens when people submit a contact form on your firm's website? Do they get an acknowledgement? Do they get a phone call? Do they get an email response? What if you were to use technology to send them a video or a resource or something else on top of getting in touch with them? Now, a lot of firms aren't too bad at this, although they can be a little slow. But if you had a system where someone gave that person a call literally 45 seconds after they submitted their document request or their email subscription form or whatever it was, How much better would that be? Even if it's your receptionist or a paralegal or someone who you've outsourced to do this particular job to then set up an appointment time or something along those lines. Now, of course, appointment times can be automated too, but lawyers are notoriously terrible at keeping accurate diaries, so you need to be careful with that. However, that is a process that you could use to personalize and to make things useful for your firm. Do you engage with people on social media at a personal level? This is such a huge thing that I see brands missing out on, which is that they just don't respond to messages. LinkedIn is a classic. Go to a law firm's LinkedIn page, look through all their articles and see if they actually respond to comments, not all comments, but tangible comments on their LinkedIn page. I'm going to bet you that the majority don't most of the time. That is a huge wasted opportunity. And even if the brand doesn't, what if the author did? What if someone did? Someone has to engage with these people because the way of the professional service marketing to function in a world that is obsessed with scaling is to make things as personal and individual as possible because it is surprising and it is pleasant and it is affable and it is friendly and it is expert and that is what people should be doing in order to market their services properly. So my number two tip is to get more personal, get more granular. Stop trying to make everything bigger and reach tens of millions of people. Reach people one person at a time and make sure you are absolutely doing everything you can to maximize the potential of that relationship. Even if that relationship is literally just a single comment on a single post in a single place, do the most you can when it comes to that. The third and final thing I wanted to discuss is the possibility of training your staff better in these areas. And I don't just mean having a one-hour 
CLE of some kind where you bring someone in, they talk for an hour at people while they eat lunch and suck mentos and then they go back to work and do nothing. I'm talking about actually having a culture and a system where everybody gets involved in using these digital tools better. And that means if you are going to have a LinkedIn training course, that there is follow-up, that there is implementation and that there is buy-in from the senior people. The absolute worst way to encourage your junior staff to do anything is if the senior people don't do it and their priorities are elsewhere. That is a mismatch of message sending. You cannot tell people that you consider their efforts on social media to be important while simultaneously having A, a policy that prevents them from doing anything, B, a bureaucratic system in place that's so slow that no one could possibly achieve anything, and C, an entire raft of senior management who have absolutely no interest in achieving anything in that space. Those things, though, are depressingly and surprisingly common amongst law firms, and you must absolutely kill that attitude if you are a firm of any size and you are to have any hope of succeeding in this social media space. If you are a smaller firm, say you're a solo or a, a duo practitioners, you only have a couple of people maybe working for you, you have a great advantage here because you can be far more nimble and far more capable of making decisions on the fly about how you're going to do things and what's going to happen. You have that greater flexibility and I encourage you to use that. This is where social media is a great leveling field between the big firms and the small firms. The small firms can be granular and interactive and trained and they can use their personal profiles without at that being at the cost of their brand profiles, at least for the moment. And that, I think, is an opportunity that you should be taking up. But you need to know what you're doing and you need to have a system. So while large firms have their difficulties here, what is the difficulty of the smaller firm? It's that you have to do everything. So if you own your own firm, maybe you have a virtual receptionist and, and a PA or something like that. By and large, you're doing everything. You might be keeping the books, you're looking after the clients, you're writing the letters, you're keeping the IT up to date, and you're doing all your own social media and content production, and there's just too many things to do. So how are you going to be able to function? What can you train yourself to do that's effective but time efficient as well? Where is the most bang for your buck? I think the biggest thing that a lot of solopreneurs have found out, or so, solo lawpreneurs, I guess I call them, have found out over the last couple of years is that they're biting off more than they can possibly chew. And what happens is for a week or two, they do just amazing things because they're just knuckled down and they're absolutely driving everything they can in every possible direction, but then they get scraped too thin. A big matter comes in, a big engagement comes in, and their time immediately gets sucked out of their control. They lose that discipline they had for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, three months, four months, five months later, they go, oh no, my entire social media strategy has just fallen in a heap. That probably means it wasn't a very good strategy. If it can't adapt itself to the ebb and flow without just dying in a gutter somewhere, then it's not a good strategy. So you need a strategy that can be both expanded and constricted, but still present, that's going to work for your content, for your social media, for your email use. Maybe that means delegating or outsourcing some of it. Not always a good idea to do all of it because you need that personal connection, but maybe that means delegating a little bit of it so that you are freed up to do the high value work. Maybe you just need to outsource someone to edit. You can just dictate, they can you can get that typed by an outsourced transcriber, get it edited by someone who's a cheap virtual assistant with talent in that space. 
teach them how to use WordPress or whatever content management system you're using and have them post your articles for you. That way your commitment is limited to five minutes. They can break stuff up and if you have a good person, they can make a few images for it or they can cut and paste a few social media posts on your behalf and you're right to go to the races for the next week. Be smart about how you use your time. If you have limited time, which all of us do, we've got the same 24 hours in the day and most of us need to sleep sometimes, you've got to be smart about that time. So those really are my three main focus points that I'd recommend for next year. Firstly, get smarter with automation. You have to get smarter with automation. You need to know how to use it more and you need to know when not to use it to ensure that you're focused on the right things. The second thing is to get more personal. You've got to keep it granular. Stop trying to scale everything to this gigantic proportion when you need to make things a little bit smaller and a little bit more personal, a little bit more engaged and relevant to as many people as you can possibly do on a one-by-one-by-one-by-one basis. And the third thing is train yourself and train your staff to use time efficiently and well in the digital marketing space. And if you can do those three things then I think you will see excellent results throughout the duration of 2019. I look forward to seeing you there, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Don't forget to subscribe, hit all the nice buttons, hit me up with a note or a question if you have them, and Merry Christmas. I'll see you soon.